The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Bonus Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and I last longer than a WCW 2000 match. I am Troy. And with me as always is... With me as always is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the buff Bagwell to my Shane Douglas. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Could have picked anybody else. Hey, that was the that was the duo on the show, man. Well, one of the two duos, I guess. The duo <laughs> shows in the main event. Oh, you're talking about? <laughs> oh God, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I I uh, I was personally disappointed that we didn't get that uh, Scott. Whatever the hell that was, uh, uh, Arquette's co-star from Ready to Rumble. He did. He didn't make a special appearance. Scott, whatever. Scott Con, the son of James Con. Do you not know that? I knew he was somebody, uh, somebody famous's son, but uh, what a fail. Yeah, I was. I was like, I know he's, he's one the of the most of legendary some... actors ever. But didn't he pass away last year? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's like not to make light of it, but it's like you think of all the people, like some people from. Uh, Elf, that movie Elf that passed away, and it's like I would not have picked James Caan going before, uh, you know, Papa Elf. What there. did you say? Okay. Yeah, I, I was like, obviously, it's right like now, obviously the way you put that out there, you idiot. God, like Professor Proton, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like Bob Newhart is currently what, like ninety three years old. My gosh, like good for him. That's awesome, man. <laughs> So that's a long freaking life. But yet James Conn passed away. He he was uh I don't think he was even pushing ninety at that point. Like, dang, man. We're gonna but, talk yeah. about elf. We talk about Will Ferrell's ass. I think that's the one movie he didn't show his ass in. That, that's that's surprising. That's a shame. I I know, right? But anyway, getting into this, uh obviously we're putting off the subject at hand here. We've been dancing around and for good reason. Yeah, it's uh the very first ever Thunder that we've covered on this show. Oh, and, we picked uh, a we picked a good one here. Absolutely, we have some companion pieces for this, I believe, because I I, I know we reviewed the Nitro that happened uh, shortly before this. It was the quote unquote reboot. So if anybody goes back and checks that out, as of this recording, we're one day removed from the anniversary of that. Yeah, uh, fond fond memories, man. Or not. Uh, the other things, uh, there. I swear we covered. We covered the like one of the pay per views around this time. Yeah, we watched uh, Spring Stampede, which was like the reboot pay per view. All okay. the champions were found, yeah. I believe. Yeah, because we did uh, uh, sold out 2000, which was well before this, and New Blood Rising, which was later in this year. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, man, bring it back. Traumatic memories here. Wait, the whole show already did. Yeah. Well, uh, this nobody's ever going to accuse David Arquette of being their favorite actor, but he's he's fine. And the show was uh, something. I, I don't know. It it just it ends with him as a world champion, which is why we're, we're even talking about this damn thing. 
it's probably the most headline making thunder ever. Would you say? Yeah, I would say that, but that that's not a crowded field, is it? <laughs> mm, that is very true. I remember as a kid watching thunder once in a blue moon. Let's just say and... the very first episode. Um, yeah. and this, those are the two marquee ones. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember I was like, oh, cool, there's more WCW. And I watched it, I'm like, they're just showing replays from Nitro, and there's like a couple of matches with dudes that uh, are not good enough to make it on Nitro. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, like Brian Adams, Vincent, Scott Norton. How Steve dare you? Bay. That's the that was, team. That's who was all on there. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, you notice... High voltage. Who, uh, well, you notice who Thunder didn't work for, brother. I believe <laughs> he was uh, on the very first episode, yeah, that was he's like, like I'll be there to pop one rating, and hey, I'm, hey, I'm out. I want to point out this show got a game out of it. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it, it did. Which I believe uh, uh, was only because they couldn't find another name, and they just threw the name name on there to promote the show. I believe that. I actually own this owned or own this game. I don't know. I I can't remember if I, I ever too. sold it. Yeah, and I, I remember playing it despite like at the time I thought it was great, but now I look back and man, this was a piece of crap. But. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, either way, this this show is uh, is worth talking about, which we will. Uh, but first, yeah, you're uh, being I, very liberal with your stuff today. Dude. Hey, good and bad things are worth talking about. Okay, like, I didn't. You know, that's like when somebody says, "Oh, it's historic." That doesn't mean it was good. I mean, World War II was historic. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of history museums out there not dedicated to good things. All right, but yeah, they, I just popped up on my memories uh, yesterday or day before yesterday, and then we were at that New Orleans one. Yeah, the Museum of Death. Yeah. No, no, no. The, it was a World War Museum, World War Two, I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I for, almost forgot about that. That was that actually that that museum actually was awesome. Like, I don't think we planned on going there. There was a there it. was a freaking biplane hanging from the roof. Which looked kind of cool, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It just feels dangerous to me. But it probably wasn't. It probably <laughs> was. Gu- it was probably gutted. So you know. yeah, I, I love museums. Metal, so uh, that that was actually pretty cool. I I, I love going to that museum and, and learning some stuff. But uh, but either way, uh, before we get into all the news and notes, because we do actually have a lot of news around this time, as you would imagine. Uh, but first, we got to tell you about the uh, sponsor of this here podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Muller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf signature polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. 
That's 15% off at mahlerbros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, we're going to dive into the news and notes. Uh, but stick around. Don't skip because we will tell you here how you can, you can get yourself uh, some Main Event Marks merchandise. And, uh, you know, I'm not biased or anything, but, uh, you know, it's, it's some pretty good stuff, pal. Good crap, pal. And we're going to tell you about the other podcasts that uh, we're, uh, we're friends with. You know, I, I'm, I'm uh, friendly with a, with a few different uh, podcasts, as are you. And uh, we like to advertise the good stuff on this show. On the other end Give of this, good we're going to get into the news and notes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. 
At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. It's news and notes time here on the main event, Marks. So that means that is correct. Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. There you go. Holy crap. <laughs> Getting into the news and notes here. This first story, I feel like uh, the last few shows we've talked stuff about TV deals going through. Well, this one is this about... Is a heavy era, yeah. Yeah, this one is, uh, <clears throat> well, setting up for something that... Well, this is not really going to go anywhere as far as the, the USA Network at this time. Obviously, we don't know the court proceedings and what happened outside of it, but... Well, actually, I know all about it. Yeah, well, well actually, uh, I graduated from a highly respected college that shut down as soon as they gave me my degree. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> well, considering where he lives, it would be Stanford and... Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, WWF's new TV deal announcement has been delayed because the USA Network has filed a lawsuit against WWF, Viacom, and CBS by the terms of their current agreement. Wow. Yeah, uh, USA. Yeah, it's gonna go well. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Uh, Spoiler: but... It doesn't. <laughs> right. Uh, by the terms of their current agreement, USA has the right to match any offer that WWF gets from another network, which would allow them to keep WWF for another five years. Uh, last week, or USA... lose it for five years. Exactly. Last week, USA announced that it had plans to match the offer that CBS Viacom is making, but here's the catch. USA's right to match the offer only applies to the four wrestling shows, Raw, Heat, Superstars, and Livewire. The CBS Viacom offer is... What a lineup! Yeah, right? Uh, You got one and the others. Uh, But the CBS Viacom offer is for all of that, plus several other things, such as XFL broadcasting rights, and what rights those are, Mm. A uh, 500. Those are like last rights, I think. Yeah, you ain't kidding. A $500,000 movie development fund, a one hour weekly drama series on UPN. I, so that's Where's tough enough. Where's all this happening at? None of this happens. Uh, well, the UPN thing, I mean, we get tough enough. So. Do we? Uh, UPN? Tough? Oh, no. It was, on MTV. Right. it was on MTV. That's right. That, uh, you're, you're right on that one. So, or, that is correct. Yes. But anyway. Uh, but uh, a publishing joint venture with Simon & Schuster, which Viacom owns, radio specials, hosting theme park events, an equity investment in WWF stock, and more. Uh, the Simon & Sh- uh, Schuster book deal probably happened. I think that might have been McFoley. Yeah. Uh, the radio specials, no freaking clue. Hosting theme park events? I don't think that happened. The investment in WWF stock? Sure, you know, I'm sure they did. So basically, the CBS Viacom offer is for a lot more money, with which USA doesn't want to match because they don't want all of those other things. USA's lawsuit says, quote, By tying the right of first refusal with respect to the television series to the rights to different properties that Viacom and CBS wish to exploit, 
The offer represents a transparent and unlawful attempt by WWFE, Viacom, and CBS to frustrate USA's contractual rights. Uh, end quote. Sounds like USA, USA was just being about it. Yeah. Well, we don't want you to go. Uh, we want you to stay here with, with what we want, our terms. Right. Was USA owned by NBC Universal at this point? I don't think so, not at this point. I remember it being a big thing okay. in 2003, four. I only remember because Conan O'Brien okay. had a whole bunch of sketch, sketches on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, if, if they're, they're uh, framing this as USA Network versus uh, Viacom, CBS, or CBS Viacom, whatever. It's like, if that was later on, then it would be NBC Universal versus CBS Viacom. But Who might stand yeah. a better chance to take their ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> But USA has been publicly preparing itself to lose WWF, and even when they do, they will still remain the top-rated cable network. But it's thought that USA may just be uh, filing this lawsuit in order to throw a wrench into the CBS Viacom deal. Time is ticking because fall Yeah, right. Time is ticking because the fall season TV advertising sales will be starting soon, and WWF and CBS Viacom need to get this deal finalized so that they can start selling ad space. Uh, by stalling the deal at this last minute, USA might be angling for a big cash settlement to make the lawsuit go away. Either way, it doesn't sound like USA is particularly thrilled about losing WWF. No, they they were They're not cool super particular in keeping them either. Apparently, they want to keep them on their own terms. Yeah, right. Uh, we don't pay you more. We preempt Raw, like, what, three times a year? Uh, I can think we don't, of two. Yeah, I couldn't remember how many times they preempted it for the the tennis stuff throughout the year, and then obviously once for the dog show. But yeah, and uh, they do all that crap. They don't advertise them very much. They keep them at the same money. Like, how how is this an offer? Like, you're basically coming to the table, like telling them we're not going to give you what you're requesting, and then they're like, okay, well we're going to go over here for more, and they're like, no, you can't do that. I'm pretty sure they can. And they did. It's like a kid that has a toy they don't want anymore. Mom tries to donate it. No, no, you can't do that. I don't want it, but I don't want someone else to have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I remember. I actually have this album. WWF The Music Volume 4 recently passed 1 million sales, thus certifying it platinum. What songs were on that album? Uh, I remember the Rocks theme song was on there. Uh, Mark Henry's Sexual Chocolate song. D'Lo Brown. I want to say Edge's theme song might have been on there. Uh, Triple H, My Time. That was the one. I forgot that was on there. But yeah, it, was a, it was a pretty decent album. Uh, I I had the third one on uh, cassette tape. Uh, kids, go Google that? it. Go, go Google it, kids. I know I've, Dude, I've literally seen videos where a parent will hand their kid a cassette tape, and the kid's like, the hell is this? What do you do with it? And they're like holding it up to their ear. thing is just going to start like playing just wrote down like a... Like string theory to almost solve it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, it's. I, I couldn't believe they're like holding it up to their ears. I'm like, wait, there's not a speaker on it. What do you think <laughs> it's gonna do? It's 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 all plastic. <laughs> well, if the parent gives us something says there's music on here, what are you gonna what are you gonna think? Yeah, I I mean I, I guess I have a completely different thought pattern to it because yeah, these kids never grew up with anything even close to this. So no, their yeah. music is hitting play on the on the iPhone or something. Yeah, pull it up on pull it up on your phone, pull it up on YouTube, you know, whatever. 
you just yeah tap the screen and boom we have a video up on our our youtube about physical media being dead go listen to it yeah right it's uh very true but yeah i had the 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 second and third one on tape and then i had the the fourth one was the first one i got on the uh, cd and then after that it started going to online mp3s you could download so i stopped uh stopped buying them at that point but uh, Gangrel is out of action for at least a month due to a separated shoulder. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was even doing around this time. Was the Brood uh, still a thing? Yeah, he might have been with the Hardys, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, because this was right after WrestleMania 2000. Uh, well, okay, now I'm thinking of 15 with the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what the hell he was doing at this point, other than what you said, yeah, hanging with the Hardys. I don't even know if they're at that point. I think they're already gone with Terry. So, yeah. Oh, for the no Terry Invitational Tournament. Yeah, bro. <laughs> the initials, bro. Oh, it's like boobs. That may have been one of his very last things, if you think about it, <laughs> because it it ended at No Mercy '99. I think Halloween Havoc '99, the same year, was his first show at WCW. Drop hit right before you head out the door. Nice. <laughs> Like a boss, man. That's him dropping a grenade. <laughs> yeah, right. For people that don't know, we're talking about Vince Russo, obviously, who's heavy on the show, so... Yay. Oh. <laughs> well, we're getting on the show uh, in quite a few ways. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Well, we're heading into one of your favorite parts of the podcast, so I'll hit the intro. This week in EC. W. Watch out if I may have some another. old school porn music and put it in there. <laughs> Maybe Polly did. I don't know. That, that's some hardcore porn music. <laughs> Dang. But, <laughs> uh, which we're going to be talking about that later in the news. Oh, Not yeah. Music, but hell yeah, man. Anyway, uh, if, if any wrestling historians out there that know about that, you know what time it is. Okay. So. Your time. <laughs> unfortunately no but it is time for this we got to talk about it the situation with mike awesome and the ecw title took a bunch of crazy twists and turns that ended with wcw wrestler uh facing a wwf wrestler for the ecw title in an ecw ring ecw and wcw initially came to an agreement where wcw would pay ecw a six-figure settlement in order to get mike awesome released from his contract and there were and, several and guess what that check passed yeah right uh, that kept the lights on for another mm, few months. <laughs> but uh, there were several stipulations WCW had to follow in order for Awesome to appear on Nitro. Well, you know, I'm sure those stipulations were set by Paul's Jewish father lawyer. By me, sir. Uh, but the stipulations were such as Mike Awesome not bringing the ECW title with uh, with him onto TV. Oh, we wore a fanny pack, though. <laughs> Yeah, right. That was uh, a choice. Uh, And things that he would do and say and what the announcers would do and say. But according to ECW, two of the stipulations were violated. When Awesome appeared, the WCW announcers were supposed to say that he is the ECW champion and that he had a title defense defense scheduled uh, that would air that Friday night on TNN. They mentioned that he was the ECW champion, but they never plugged the TNN show. There were exact scripts uh, for what the announcers were supposed to say, 
In fact, it appeared that Scott Hudson began reading from the script as he was supposed to, but never got to that part where he was going to plug the DNN show. Word is, uh, you know, before you go on, how do we know it wasn't TNT that said, hey, do you not plug a show on another network? Yeah, well, that's a, why would they allow that? I, I don't know, uh, but I guess it was part of the legal settlement with I mean, it was with Turner, who maybe, owns TNN or TNT, whatever. Like, oh, maybe <sighs> someone didn't get the word. Yeah, you're not promoting that crap on my show. Well, apparently he was cut off midway through by Tony Schiavone and thus never got to the part where they plugged the TNN show. Word is that it was a purposeful call by someone in WCW with those in the company saying that there was simply no way that WCW was ever going to plug ECW's show on the air. And you know what? They shouldn't. I I agree. However, uh, playing devil's advocate, if that was part of the court settlement, uh, there's not really a way around it other than, well, we're just not going to do it, and then we owe you, owe you more money or whatever. <sighs> I don't know, but... Either way, uh, especially not during the first show of the new Bischoff-Russo era, which, yeah, for people that don't remember, Mike Awesome debuted on the quote-unquote reboot episode. The other stipulation is that Awesome wasn't supposed to cut a promo, which he did. All of the all of this led to more legal threats the next day, which resulted in Awesome being pulled from the Thunder tapings. Why was he supposed to cut a promo? How can you legally stipulate that? Look, he can appear, he can get physical, but he can't speak. Is that what? what happened with Jay White this past week? <laughs> Dude, All I... this is just that happened with him. <laughs> he disappeared, yeah. beat up somebody, and that was it. They tried to interview him, he didn't interview him, he just walked out. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, keeping on with the story, though, as for Mike Awesome dropping the ECW title, Paul Heyman came up with the idea of bringing in Taz as a surprise opponent to win the belt. Heyman called Vince McMahon, who accepted the proposal that Heyman laid out, which was for Taz to win the ECW title from Awesome and then drop it a week later at another ECW show to Tommy Dreamer. Heyman even pitched the idea for Perry Saturn to do a run-in during the Taz-Dreamer match so that Taz, a WWF guy, wouldn't have to lose clean to an ECW guy, and Heyman even offered to let WWF use the footage on TV to help further further the Taz-Saturn angle that they're doing. (laughs) Let them use it? (laughs) You mean please use it? (laughs) <laughs> right but i do not remember that angle oh all. i remember but which part the saturn part uh, that saturn never happened has i don't think that ever happened yeah because uh, they're saying it like there's an ongoing feud between taz and saturn and in, in wwf i don't remember that specifically yeah it must not have been a big deal Anyway, uh, no word if that's going to happen, but reportedly wwf has no issue with taz losing clean to anybody in ecw uh, anybody, huh? Oh, that's telling. Yeah, that, yeah. That, well, first of all, it's like, uh, be careful with your words there, because if you say well, anybody, I mean, that opens some doors. You know, the blue was under contract there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, he'll lose to uh, Jason. How about that? And get hives. Exactly. Hey, man, you may have lost your title, but you got hives. Good for you. <laughs> I never oh, understood man. why why he had to be Taz. I mean, he had like a plethora of guys under contract there, obviously. Right. Uh, I realize he's like the because big it's, bad it's a WWE guy. guy but... so it's a WWE guy, so it's like it only helps him. Right. Well, I, I've got a, a couple more things about that here. I've always laughed, though, that he trusted 
WWE guy to go in there and win the title than more than the WCW guy at the time to go in right. there. Yep. But they have too much respect for Vince McMahon, not enough for Bischoff, which we it's a rhetorical question, but you know. Wow. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, the Mike Awesome Taz match was nothing as a match, but the backstory is about as crazy as it gets. Awesome showed up to the arena with WCW head of security, Doug Dillinger, and nobody fucked with Doug Dillinger. <laughs> uh, it was like you never... could take a couple of tall boys and a pack of smokes behind the arena before. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he never went to the ECW locker room due to concerns that he almost certainly would not be welcomed kindly. Uh, yeah. I mean, was New Jack still there? Because he'd probably accuse him of calling him the N-word just so he could stab him. Good lord. Uh, when Awesome came out, he got a massive you-sold-out chance. I like that. Whenever it's like, oh, you want to feed your family and leave this crap hole of a company? Well, you sold out. Right. Sure. Don't worry. It's not like he's going to go on to do some big stuff. Or, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but then Taz came out to a huge pop using his full WWF gimmick. His WWF music, two Zs in his name, uh, and the WWF version of his nickname, etc. Taz beat him in about one minute, and without selling the finish at all, Awesome jumped up, climbed over the guardrail, and left the building immediately. Well, how Austin Aries of him. Uh, a well, lot of people. I mean, his his is just a choke, though. I mean, you could still get up and just walk off after a choke if you're not unconscious, though. I can buy that a lot easier. Than I can like a hard move. Yeah, but it's like if you're if you get choked out. I, I guess I don't I don't remember the finish if he tapped or or passed out. But it's like if you get choked out, like, it's going to take you a while to get your bearings about you. But he's just like peace. <laughs> it's like walk. Oh, off. your name's awesome. Exactly. Hey, hey, down this leg, I want it to say awesome. Down this leg, I want it to say awesome. <laughs> but anyway, and on my uh, ass, I just wanted to say awesome. Exactly. Just just let them know. But a lot of people were surprised that WCW would agree to allow Awesome to lose to a WWF wrestler. But Paul Heyman pretty much had them by the balls here. This means that a WWF guy now holds the ECW title. Plus, Taz didn't even beat Awesome clean because Tommy Dreamer had to help, so it didn't even do a good job of burying Mike Awesome. Anyway, when the match aired on TNN two nights later, all the internet buzz and hype didn't amount to squat in the ratings, as the show did about the same rating that it had been averaging for months. That sucks. <laughs> you had help from the two biggest companies and couldn't even get bigger. Yeah, so people are literally sending you the message, I don't care what you put on your show, I'm not watching. So even if you put A1 sauce on a pile of dog crap, it's not going to make it... Okay, got it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, and now it gets into uh, I have a sore point here, but the same oh night man, because we were at such high ones here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Well, I get the memo. Sore, well, this is a sore point for just wrestling fans in general, I I think, and uh, it's caused some arguments between uh, old Connie and uh, Bruce Pritchard. Old but time. the same night, the same night that match happened, Taz was on the pre-taped SmackDown show, getting beat by Crash Holly. <laughs> then he jobbed out. He jobbed what the hell Crash Holly? <laughs> he, he beat Taz. The same hey, he's winning a title. The, the guy's the exact same size, though. Okay, it's a fair fight. Oh, oh my God. Uh, then he jobbed to Eddie Guerrero on uh, on multiple house shows in New York. Freaking thing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just setting this up like a, a, a pattern here. 
but he jobbed out to, to him in multiple shows in New York and Pittsburgh in opening matches, which uh, those Steelers. Are, Sorry, those those are obviously uh, old ECW stomping grounds. So that's another sore point. And then this week, Taz came out with the ECW title on Raw, while Jr. explained that uh, explained it by saying that he won it on his day off and never yeah, mentioned that. That made me laugh so hard. Well, his yeah. day off, he, he just wandered over to another company and won a title. Yeah. How right. does anyone not see that as bearing ECW? Not that I care, but. Uh, well, uh, hold on. You've been selling anybody just walk right in with your title. Yep. <laughs> uh, and he never oh, mentioned. That's bad because that's a bad omen for what we're about to cover here. Maybe yeah. I should retract that. Okay. <laughs> well, he said yeah, that. Get ahead, he never, well, he never mentioned Mike Awesome, which, I mean, why would he? Uh, Taz then lost a match on Raw, although he wasn't pinned. But then the big kicker is that on SmackDown, it was a champion versus champion match in Philadelphia, no less, with Taz jobbing to Triple H. Not only that, but Triple H broke Taz's submission and won even with Tommy Dreamer coming out to try to help Taz, pedigreeing them both. Fucking (laughs) buried. Well, it is ECW. Why not? It's just like, wow. And like Bruce was like, well, we, uh, yeah, but we put their title on TV. Should, should we not have featured him? It's like, not if you're going to have him doing this. Like, good God. Like, why well, does it If you're going to humiliate anybody, humiliate anybody, why not be ECW? Well, it's not even just ECW, but it's just like Taz. Like, what? Dude, whose mother did Taz insult, man? Like, God. I was just like, listening to, uh, I think it was Angle's podcast, and he said that Taz had like a a huge issue. I just never wanted to go along with anything. It was a pain in the ass when he got there to be almost sure or not. Really? So he said something wow. like that. I, I'm only paraphrasing, but you know. oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's it, just it's freaking rough, man. Like really? Like it's just like law it like he wins the ECW title and then lose, 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 lose. You can you can make the argument that he keeps losing up the ladder, but I like how, like, Bruce Pritchard gave this binary choice. He's like, look, we can either not have him on the show at all, or we have to have him lose to Triple H. Like, those are the only two choices. That's making the whole whole him winning the title on his day off thing even funnier, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just like, (laughs) good lord, not only are you burying ECW, but you're burying Taz. Dude, after Taz's initial... I'll buy him out anyways, whatever. After Taz's initial winning streak that didn't last very long, he didn't do jack. Like, nothing. No, he didn't. I, to this day, think his biggest match ever was him being in that six-man tag with me in 17. Yeah, that's He was that's on the main sad. card. I mean, and again, I'm just, like, digging for stuff to say here, but... <sighs> I guess... Uh, I I guess Pr- uh, Bruce Pritchard did say that there were a lot of complaints that people thought Taz was dangerous because he would suplex people on their damn head. You can so, go back and watch. I mean, I don't know specifically maybe, but watch the ECW stuff he did. But I just yeah. thought that was the move, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if the guy knows what you're doing and he's cool with it, I mean, it's still kind of dangerous, but I don't know. Like, th- There's a way to take it where it's not really as dangerous as it looks, but I guess WWE was not cool with that, which I totally understand. I don't know. This is, this I mean, I don't want to go back on anything I laugh at, but there's times on Dynamite to this day where he just, just like a smartass and buries the announcers and stuff. 
take shots of them all the time. You could tell they're like legit shots too. So clearly he's just a dick. Um, <laughs> well, according to I think was it Bully Ray? I think he said that Taz was a fake tough guy. Or it was either him or Rob Van Dam. I think it was Rob Van Dam. He said Taz was a, a fake tough guy. Yeah, Bully Ray gonna ain't gonna just no fellow New Yorker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember who it was. Like Rob just likes burying people on, <laughs> on interviews, and he's so cool about it. Like uh, he buried, uh, uh, it was I think it was that same damn shoot interview. He buried Mr. Anderson, or he's uh, the the exact quote was like he like made himself all puffed up, and he's like, oh, he walks around like, oh, I'm 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 a big bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like really, does Mr. Anderson walk around like that? Because if so, that's hilarious. He doesn't seem like the type, but all right. Either way, to wrap this Wild up, though, gum. Oh, of course. But Taz will eventually drop the belt, and it will probably never be acknowledged on WWF TV. It was well, not. And uh, Dreamer is not expected to ever return to the WWF to get revenge on Triple H. So pretty much nobody from ECW came out ahead here. Nope. ECW. I mean, what's ever going to be ahead in ECW? The only person from ECW... Well, I, okay, the, I can think of three people collectively from ECW that struck it big in WWE, and it's RVD and the Dudleys. So one of them already happened, mind you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess if you want to count uh, Paul Heyman himself, but yeah. The rest of the ECW faithfuls, just uh, nothing. <laughs> <sighs> but either way, it's expected that Tommy Dreamer, speaking of him, will win the ECW title only because he's the most loyal guy that Paul Heyman has, and he can trust him to not screw over the company and jump ship like Mike Awesome did. Uncle Dave says, "Well, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, he does win it eventually, but it's going to be a while." So I mean, he loses I, it from Taz. He does, but he loses it like but, five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, so. Technically, Dave's not wrong, but. Sort of, I don't know. But Uncle Dave does say that this reminds him of the last years of AWA when all of the champions kept getting swooped up by WWF, and eventually they put the title on Larry Zabisco, who nobody bought as a world champion, simply because he was Vern Gagne's son-in-law and he trusted him not to leave. So he, tr- he liked the son-in-law more than his own son. Okay, <laughs> dude, like even you couldn't shine up that own. You even you couldn't like put enough lipstick on that pig. Like nobody cared about Greg. Like, not what? Yeah, well, just... I've heard that a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, it's freaking Vern was like a megastar of his time. Everybody loved him. He was like the celebrity of that area. His son, eh, like, oh, yeah, you're Vern's son, aren't you? <laughs> let me let me hit you with one. Who, who did more, him or uh, Eric Watts? <sighs> I'd have to say Eric Watts by default. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're in Technic Team 2000, you've already won life. Oh, well, of course. And his name was Troy. So. <laughs> Nobody cares about Troy. <laughs> How dare there you? Go. He, he, once put, he once put Arn Anderson in an STF in a gas station, okay? That oh, yeah. alone. That oh, alone I thought we were talking wrestling, not the whitest thing I could think of. Okay, sorry. Yeah, well, obviously Arn spilled his tall boy when it happened, but. <laughs> and you. <laughs> Bring my point home. Thank you. <laughs> and when uh, when Aaron Watts pulled into said gas station to, to make the attack, he was blaring slow ride by Foghat. Well, who wouldn't be? Exactly. 
Uh, speaking of the South, though, getting into WCW Spring Stampede, which, by the way, I double-checked. We did not review this Spring Stampede. Are you sure? I swear to God, I watched it. Uh, well, you might have watched it. We did not review it on the Oh, you podcast. know what? You know what? You know what? No, I did watch it because we were doing that Russo thing. Yeah, okay. Okay, I, I did watch it, though. Okay, for that. Right. Well, Spring Stampede, the first pay-per-view under the Bischoff-Russo regime, uh, sounds like a fever dream, is in the books, and it wasn't bad. In fact, it was probably the best WCW pay-per-view in about a year, but that's still not saying much. My dog had his best bowel movement yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I finally cleared myself out. Uh, Since they're still in the reboot phase, the show featured a ton of angles to make sure that the New Blood group got over his heels, uh, with the heels winning every vacated title, the matches were mostly bad, and there were tons of screw job finishes. No! And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what Uncle Dave says is their best pay-per-view in about a year. So keep that in mind. In a year? Uh, um, probably? Yeah, that's Can't think of anything on top of my head. But since they're starting fresh, Uncle Dave is willing to excuse that for now since they're trying to build brand new storylines and it's kind of necessary. A lot of it felt like a second rate WWF imitation, however. There was a ton of swearing. I wonder why. Yeah, right. Uh, That went back into Eric Bischoff's. Well, you can be uh, the same, different, or uh, what was the third one? The same, different, or. uh, or, (sighs) You remember? I don't. I don't know what the hell yeah. you're talking about, honestly. Because he was talking about with, with with Nitro when he went into it. He's like, well, you can be the same as the competition, which means, you know, if they're already doing it, it means you're going to lose. Or you can do it, do the same exact thing better. Um, uh, or you can be worse, which is probably what it's going to ha- end up being. And WCW was for years. Or you can be, uh, I think he said different. You can be the same, you can be worse, or you can be different. And he wanted to be different. So here... They were not going to beat the WWF at their own game, so they were worse. But there was a ton of swearing. They were different. (laughs) No, they were different, all right. But, I mean, it was the same, but different, if if that makes sense to anybody. There was a ton of swearing, even by the announcers, and that felt forced. And reportedly, the announcers weren't super comfortable with it either. Oh, God. So, here's one I'd never heard of before. I'm today's years old. Uh, but Eric Bischoff met with MMA fighter Mark Kerr, and there are apparently plans to bring him in as part of a group called Fight Club. Mark Kerr? Where... <laughs> yeah, I just now thought of that. His name's Marker. Good God. Call me Cran. <laughs> wow. Uh, but they, they apparently they want to start a group called Fight Club, which they also plan to include Mark Coleman, Don Fry, Tank Abbott, and for some reason... Rick Steiner. Right. Other than Rick Steiner, that's a badass group. Yeah. Uh, can any of them talk? I know. Uh, Don Fry, I've heard him a couple times. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if he could cut a promo. I know he's big in Japan, or was big in Japan. Mark Coleman, I don't freaking know. Mark Kerr, I, I don't know. I don't know how that is. I heard the name. I just, uh, I, I know he's a... Uh, he did MMA years ago. I just can't think off the top of my head. Um, but Tank Abbott, no, he could not cut a promo. I mean, he could talk, but he sucked at it. Rick Steiner, at, uh, Rick Steiner, I don't freaking... I'm like, why? That's a, One of these things is not like the others. 
Uh, oh, you know what I was to say? Go blue. Sorry. Oh, well, screw you. Uh, something better than that. Ready to Rumble did a $2.68 million in its second week, which is a 53% oh. drop from last weekend. I am not and ashamed to say I watched this on opening day or opening weekend. <laughs> Good <laughs> God. Uh, and after its first 10 days, it's at around $9 million total and sitting at number 10. Uh, stating the obvious, that's not good. It finishes up as a huge financial flop and only makes out or makes back about half of its budget. And how are you going to pay for uh, for Khan? He's got a there lot. He already uh, did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this is... Um, yeah, uh, if anybody's seen Ready to Rumble, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can share in our pain. That movie was not good. It's so not bad good. that it's good, though. Yeah. As a kid, I was like, oh, cool, there are wrestlers in the movie, whatever. And I like Oliver Platt. So, I don't know, it gave me something. I will rule you! Uh, you ready to get into some indie mud show BS? Cover AEW now? Oh, for God's sake. No, much, much, much worse. Unless it's like XPW or something, it can't be worse. Well, that's one of them. Uh, There's news on New Jersey (laughs) attempting to regulate extreme wrestling. Uh, WWF, WCW, and seemingly ECW will all be exempt from the rules because they aren't classified as extreme. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not like in the name or anything. (laughs) Right. Uh, even though 90% of the stuff in the bill, such as blading, barbed wire, etc., have been used in those companies regularly. But, I mean, we can't expect politicians to actually know what they're talking about. So, you know, cut them some slack, man. I was elected to lead, not to read. These are the same ones that try to ban Mortal Kombat. They try to ban Mortal Kombat in New Jersey? I don't know about specific states, but I know that Hillary Clinton and Lieberman, I think his name was, did it. And uh, God, I think John McCain too is another one. Well, John McCain also tried to ban MMA and whatever else. Like, and he loved it. So, <laughs> yeah, it, freaking stupid man. All these, and, and I'm sorry. Like, I think Jersey's got more problems to worry about than you know extreme wrestling. I've, I've been there. Yeah, they do. Uh, a lot of this stems from uh, from indie company Jersey All Pro Wrestling which runs death matches regularly. But there you go. It was made even worse this week when a female JAPW wrestler was seriously injured in a match, fracturing one of her vertebrae. The media uh, confront when the media confronted him about it, AJPW president Frank butcher this name, Ayadavia uh, told them that it was an angle and she's fine and she backed it up claiming that she wasn't really hurt. But then the media investigated it deeper and confronted the woman at her home and found out that she really is injured with a broken neck. How is that neck. okay? Uh, she was walking to somebody's house and put a camera in her face? I assume they, they found out where she lived and then, like, knocked on her door. Uh, and then at that point... All the media pieces of crap. <laughs> at that point, if they knock on your door and you tell them to F off, I mean, you, <laughs> there's nothing they can really do about it other than F off. But, yeah. Uh... I always hated, like, I didn't do, when I was a reporter, I didn't do it over stuff like this, but when there was, like, storm damage, I went around to a neighborhood and was like, hey, I see that, you know, you got an effed up yard, you want to talk about it on, you know, into a microphone? <laughs> they would tell me yes or no. Oh, I want to F you up for saying it. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway, uh, so she then admitted that that uh, she and Ayadavaya agreed to lie and tell people that it was fake due to the political issues and admitted that, yes, she's seriously hurt. Needless to say, this didn't help their case and just strengthened the calls for regulation. Now, see, if they had a good old Tony Khan, they would have had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Right. Rumor is he sleeps with those under his pillow. Good God. Maybe he's not so stupid with those now, huh? Only he was laughing him now. Yeah, hey, NDAs are, uh, you know, a, 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 the owner of a company's best friend, man, I'll tell you. So she knows what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I just love this, where they're like, well, more regulation is the way to go. Like, I mean, maybe. It, it kind of worked in Kentucky. Uh, believe it or not, Kentucky has some of the strictest laws for wrestling in the entire country. And it's because of people like Ian effing Rotten. He went over there doing his blood baths and crap every week. And they were like, all right, enough of this. And now everybody has to be drug tested. They have to have a license and all this other stuff, which I am perfectly for the I'm for the testing. Yeah, right. Uh, Don't be bleeding around, you know, other people when you may or may not have something swimming around in your veins. But anyways, uh, keeping up with the... uh, Still wear masks because of COVID. I'm like, I'll wear it because just this way worse stuff. Yeah. Well, keeping up with a uh, way worse stuff here. XPW held their big show at the LA Sports Arena, drawing 1,200 people. Yes, you heard me right. 1,200 people in LA wanted to see this. So, I didn't going, see the LA. sports arena on my trip. I saw the forum. I saw the Clippers' new arena. Of course, I saw SoFi, but I did not see. Sports Arena. I don't even know if it's still there or not. There's a lot of venues. You you didn't know. That's where um, WrestleMania 7 was. Oh, yeah. When they had to move from the Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shane Douglas was there to cut a promo, trashing the WWF, WCW, and of course, Ric Flair, because you got to, you know, throw that into every damn Shane Douglas promo. Uh, I swear, Ric Flair, like, touched him inappropriately or something. (laughs) Like that. Maybe he saw the baby's arm and he got jealous. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. But anyway, the crowd chanted, you sold out, because they knew that Douglas had returned to WCW. Again, how dare you leave this crap hole of a company that doesn't pay you to go actually, you know, make money? Piece of crap. You want to live in a home, not in like a $20 a night hotel room, really? Hey, if sleeping under a bridge is good enough for me, it's good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Douglas called XPW owner Rob Black's wife a, I'm going to have to bleep this, but a porno whore and slapped her. Right. So I don't know yeah. why you had to bleep that, because you said nothing. I mean, calling someone that's offensive, but staying in context is. Well, and I'm not saying and also, he's wrong. Also, but... have you seen uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Was yeah, he wrong? Hey, I'm not saying necessarily that he's wrong. Allegedly. But, you know. I think it was uh, uh, Lizzie Borden. I think was his or was her stage name. The girl that killed <sighs> her parents. It is. Okay, why would but, you want that name? Well, because porn, oh bro. God. I don't know. But, That's right there with uh, Cactus Jack Manson. <laughs> right. But then he apparently slapped her because, yeah, man on woman violence. Uh, and this led to an angle with Sabu making a surprise appearance, turning the main event into a three-way with Sabu, Douglas, and Chris Candido. 
Cool, man. That's a, uh, you know, a, that that'll bring the roof down. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. Threw the uh. babies in the air, man, and yeah, just. Those guys never drew a dime. Oh, they didn't. I don't know if you play that ironically because it's actually spot on. Yeah. And I'm not trying to crap on anybody, okay? But did anybody really go to see one of those three ever? Like, ooh, they're on the they're on the marquee. I gotta go. Uh, my favorite story about Chris Candido, speaking of drawing dimes, was uh, when he was the NWA champion. He met Luthez in like an airport bathroom or something like that, and he was like, "I I hope they weren't peeing together when he did this because that would be weird." But uh, he went up to Luthez and was like, oh, my God, Mr. Fez, uh, nice to meet you. My name is Chris Candido. I'm the NWA champion and whatever. And he's like, you got any advice for me? And Fez was like, uh, yeah, kid, uh, just make you make sure you get your cut of the house up front. And Chris, Chris what? said he yeah, Chris said he walked away and laughed because he's like, if I was paid on my cut of the house, that'd be a pay cut for me. Wow. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean, back in the day, that's how you paid the champ. Was he got a percentage of the of the house? But, uh, yeah, that, that, that went that went out out the door after the territory days. So, but uh, one more from I guess technically we've got two more from indie uh, mud shows, but this first one is especially the other one is just because it's dying. Sabu was scheduled to work on Insane Clown Posse's upcoming JCW oh tour. As the headlining star, what a headliner it is, man. But Paul Heyman successfully blocked it via legal threats. That's pretty bad when Paul Heyman's like, I don't want you appearing on that trash. Come back to ECW. Did he also uh, talk crap about XPW2, say it was bad? Yeah, well, Sabu uh... did... Sabu did work XPW's recent show, despite Heyman's legal threats, uh, and the way that they're trying to get around it is by saying that Sabu did the show for free, and he wasn't paid. Uh, basically, XPW... Because he, if he's getting paid, it means he worked there, but if he just showed up there for free and did it, then it's like, oh, well, it's it's just, you know, for fun, whatever. So I guess that's the caveat, is you have to be paid for a job. I don't know. Basically, basically, XPW is calling Heyman's bluff on this one. Considering Heyman was struggling to keep ECW afloat at this point, and XPW was funded by massive amounts of porn money, I'm not joking. This was probably I've seen a, of the ring. I'm not joking. I, I'm, I've seen it. Yep. But uh, yeah, this is true. This was probably a safe bet that Heyman wasn't going to waste resources by suing them. Uh, probably the same reason WCW didn't hesitate to steal Mike Awesome despite a valid contract. Didn't ECW. Paul Heyman bring in uh, uh what's that, that famous one for the Dudley Boys? Uh, that uh, one. Uh, the for the what? Paul Heyman bringing a porn star. Oh, Jenna Jameson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was there for like a show, I think. But either way, ECW was just powerless against people with more money, which was pretty much everybody. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, what the hell is XPW care? It's not like sure the local scruples. APW that was here in Hayward at the point. Yeah, I made more than him. By the way, to the to the first part of the story, JCW for anybody that doesn't know stands for Juggalo Champion Shit Wrestling. That's not an insult. When I first heard someone say that, I thought they were insulting it. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> no, just throw ICP's... that name on there like that. <laughs> yep, it was ICP's humor of ha ha poop. There you go. I think the funniest thing I've ever heard from that was when you told me when it was the two guys who no one knew 
and one of them say, tonight's who the hell are these guys match? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's they like, literally announced it. I mean, that's an accurate announcement that I believe should be on nearly every show. But, you know, whatever. But there's more Hart Family drama as Stampede Wrestling announced that they would be running an 85th birthday show for Stu Hart in conjunction with the WWF. The next day, Stu Hart said that he would not be attending. Bruce and Ross Hart, who runs who runs Stampede, originally wanted to do an Owen Hart tribute show since we're approaching one year since his death, but sort of masked it as a Stu Hart celebration show since his birthday is also in May. Bruce contacted Vince McMahon and Jim Ross asking to use some wrestlers, and it was approved by the WWF, who were apparently under the impression that it was only a Stu Hart show. The show comes on the day uh, on a day off for WWF stars. So pretty much all the Canadian wrestlers, like Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Edge, Christian, Test, Val Venus, etc., all signed up to go work the show for free, believing that everyone was on the same page and that it was all good. But the day after the uh, it was announced, Stu Hart said that uh, he would not be attending, feeling that it was in poor taste. In a Calgary Sun newspaper article, Bret Hart was quoted saying that Stu was unaware of the show, that it had even been planned in his honor, Martha Hart, who is Owen Hart's widow, was quoted saying that WWF is just trying to score PR points and she wouldn't be involved either. Uh, when all of this came to light, many of the WWF wrestlers wanted to pull out. Benoit in particular said that he was misled about what the show would be and uh, he doesn't want to go anymore. But Vince McMahon won't let them back out, saying that unless the show is canceled, they're already advertised and have to go. Well, they all got out of it because the show ends up not happening. Jesus hell, what happened there? Yeah, basically, two of the Hart brothers decided we're going to kind of end around an Owen tribute show, but not tell anybody until they get there. And we're going to say it's for our dad. And we're going to pull in a bunch of WWF talent to, uh, you know, make it happen and maybe draw a house. It's dirty and, on uh, a couple levels. Yep. And Stu didn't want any part of it. He didn't want to work with WWF anymore. Uh, I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. You can be on either side of the issue, but if my son was Owen, I don't know how I feel about that, especially at this point. It was only a year since he'd passed. You know, I mean, you might hold some ill will. But, uh, yeah, Martha wasn't going to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, Brett was in WCW at the time. He didn't want anything to do with it. Were there any hearts in WWF? I don't think so. Um, I don't think so, no. Yeah, Bulldog, uh, I think, is unemployed at this point. Even Anvil or... Or, no. What, what, what year is this? 2000. Yeah. He's about to be back in WWE. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, about to be back to wearing those jeans, huh? <laughs> yeah. And get dropped into some dog poo. Now in Not the joking. Yeah, this happened. In the Georgia Dome, by the way. Um, that's TJ's personal heaven. If you've listened to the show long enough, I just think it's one of those like history making. Like, I mean, it's a football arena. They make a, made a big deal out of it. So, I always thought it was funny that WWF went in and basically danced on the <laughs> danced in the center field of WCW's home turf and gave them the middle finger. And they could never get in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, final story I got here. I don't know who this guy is, but it's kind of a warning message to, you know, uh, we've talked about a couple guys that something like this happened to. 
New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestler uh, Masakuza Fukudu, or Fukuda passed away from complications from a cerebral hemorrhage after collapsing in the ring during a match with Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah, if they could just take his brain out and operate on him and put it back in. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it, ironic that Shibata was the one that Dave said that about. Uh, dude, if you're obviously he didn't know that this was going to happen, but it's like if you're not in good shape, Shibata's probably not the best dude you want to get in the ring with, man. But in the match, no, Shibata, I mean. yeah, well, Shibata hit him with an elbow drop that was supposed he was supposed to kick out of, but instead, Fukuda. Uh, didn't get up and began snoring in the ring, sending officials into a panic, and he was immediately rushed to the hospital. Fukuda had a history Jeez. of brain issues. Yeah. Fukuda had a history of brain issues, having suffered a similar cerebral hemorrhage last year, uh, which led him to have brain surgery before recently returning. My, I'm not blaming him for this, but it's like, dude, was it worth it? Like, you had, you had to keep going... I'm sorry, you just had a freaking cerebral hemorrhage that almost killed you, and so you're going to go back. And then you have another one, and it does kill you. Maybe take it easy, man. Like, find another line of work. Maybe one where you don't get hit in the head all the time. Some people are just obsessed with it. Yeah, and people just don't take care of themselves. Any Like, I think that's one good trend about wrestling nowadays is people take care of themselves a lot more. It... It was obviously not that way always, which is why you see all these wrestlers dying so young. Freaking sucks. But people, just just take care of yourselves. And even if you're not a wrestler, just uh, don't ignore your health issues, man. Harry Funk is still alive. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, what the hell? Not that I'm complaining, obviously, but just like, Uh, I'm not saying that for any reason other than like all the matches he's done. Yeah, look look at, yeah, look what he's put himself through. I, Mick Foley can barely like read a script anymore, and he can barely walk. Like Terry Funk, I guess he's got some memory loss and stuff now. But he's also fairly old at this point. So, either way, uh, now we're done with that depressing story. Are you ready to get into this depressing event? Uh, yeah. Yep. This is when look. This did not kill WCW. Keep that in mind. WCW is dead. All right, this was just a coffin on roller skates at this point. But this is like, (laughs) there's like, there's beating a dead horse, and then there's coming back to that dead horse after a few months and going, giddy up. I've always said that the finger poker doom put on life support. Vince Russo pulled the plug and then watched it slowly die. Whilst pissing on its corpse. Like, bro, why won't you get up, bro? I'm pissing on you. Make me money, bro. You know, he's from New York. He should know. He should be used to people just not even turning their head or looking twice when you pee on somebody. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we watched a guy pee off the side of the, or pee off the back of the subway. We did, yeah. Tr- true. And, and story. the guy in the middle of the cars in the subway, the pass through. Or, yeah, that's, well, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, you like, there was another one between... that he was, was literally peeing off the edge of it, too. Uh, I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> Live in with someone else. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So you've seen multiple people pissing in public in New York. That, that's some great advertisement there for the city. Oh, God. But all right, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're getting into thunder. Down under. 
follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your name uh, i'm alan, alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah the mother same mother and father your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go maybe? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Here we go. <laughs> it's WCW. Oh, don't, don't seem so enthused, man. You got to get into I'm it. I'm sorry. I, I watched the show. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, so did I. And what I have to say about it is... <laughs> Good crap, pal. It's WCW Thunder from April 26, 2000. The venue was the On Center War Memorial Arena in Syracuse, New York. Uh, it's got a different name now. It's a war memorial. Thus paying tribute to those who have died for our country. You give them this. Yeah. It's a war memorial. So let's uh, pimp the name out to like Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the attendance was 1,269. Keep in mind, this place held 7,000 people. What was the attendance? Uh, the, uh, 1,269. Oh, man. So this was like just over a seventh of the capacity. Yikes. But the TV rating for this was no actually... no idea what they were about to witness. <laughs> know, poor, unfortunate souls, man. Well, that includes the TV rating of 2.7. Uh, yeah, I was, in on that. I was in on that rating, I think. I'm pretty sure I lost this. Dude, in, in today's wrestling, a 2.7 rating is great. In 2000... It's smackdown. Yeah, right. That's a success. 2000, that was, dude, we're about to close up shop. But we start the show. Can with I just say, by the way, let's go back to the attendance. I didn't notice that they did a pretty good job filming around it. Yeah, right. Uh, let's squeeze you all into one section and only film that one section. Clearly, what AEW does now. I was part of it at the Cow Palace. Dude, what always got me is when. Uh, I've been to a few WWE shows, like mostly SmackDown does this in uh, in the Nutter Center in Dayton. Yeah, Dayton. And like the the production side is always like empty as f. Like so, the hard cam side is full. Like all almost every seat taken, but the production side just dead. Nothing there. So like it's funny when the wrestlers come out and face hard cam to talk. They're talking into the abyss. <laughs> I, I remember at uh, NXT last year in Dallas. It was the same way. It was 
the production side was empty. And Odyssey Joe just came and sat right by us. Jeez. Yeah. <sighs> well, we start the show with Eric Bischoff pulling up in a car and, and uh, outsteps him, Kimberly, and Jeff Jarrett. Bischoff says, Looking all we got. Oh, yeah, Kimberly looked okay, too. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff says, look who we've got in the trunk. And Jarrett yanks uh, David Arquette out of the trunk and walks him into the building while putting him in a headlock. Jarrett takes him straight to the ring and demands that Diamond Dallas Page come out or he'll beat Arquette up. And DDP finally comes out with Canyon on his side. You know, a lot more than that, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, he finally comes out with Canyon by his side, and Jarrett tells him to stop on the ramp or he'll break Arquette's neck. He then demands that tonight, Page team with Arquette against Jarrett and Bischoff with the WCW title on the line. For some reason, F-bombs get thrown around here. It, like, this promo literally de- devolves into, fuck you, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, re- what? Come on, man, I like, DDP and Jeff Jarrett had to do that. I can tell you for a fact, I remember watching these live, and I just felt like I knew uh, Arquette was going to win when they announced the stipulation. Whoever gets the pinfall. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the dumbest possible conclusion you can come to? That. Therefore, it will happen. Like, that's that's it. But anyway, uh, this is before uh, Jarrett gets Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas to come out on the stage after at Page and Canyon. But before they could move, Ric Flair and Lex Luger come out and jump them from behind. Bischoff and Jarrett take a powder so that DDP can go face-to-face with Kimberly. She goes after him. (laughs) He teases hitting a diamond cutter on her, but he lets her go. Then, when he tries to leave, Kimberly low-blows him. In the nuts! Uh, But backstage now, Ernest the Cat Miller is being interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene tries to ask about the Cats match with Bam Bam Bigelow tonight, and then he switches gears, saying that Bischoff and Russo aren't happy that the, with the Cat because Terry Funk is still hardcore champion. Cat says that he doesn't care and is only concerned with Bigelow tonight. Now we come back from commercial to see that Jeff Jarrett is stashing David Arquette in the bowels of the building. Kidnapping and assault for the win. That At this is, point, I write down, why are you still kidnapping? You got your match. Yeah, right. It's, well, because, Greg, we have to have the obligatory somebody walking through the backstage area shouting for somebody else that they're looking for. <laughs> no. that, you also, pointed that I'm out just, to me, that that's a Russo staple. I'm just I'm also just now realizing, too, that um, it's going to set up his dramatic entrance. Like, let's say he just got off of a bender later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I... I'm sorry, I got a hit. Allegedly! <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, th- these are two crimes right now. We've got kidnapping and assault on the board. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll count them up at the end. <laughs> this first match, and I use that term loosely, is Ernest Cat Miller versus Bam Bam Bigelow. This goes just over a minute. Heard me right. Miller grabs a mic when Bam Bam comes to the ring and says that this isn't between them. Miller only hit him because Bigelow hit him first, so he wants Bigelow to forgive him. Right when Bam Bam is thinking about it, Miller insults his mom, and the match is on. Because nothing says, we need to fight like a yo mama joke. Right. 
But Bigelow goes for a chair. The ref takes it. And the cat hits the feliner to win. By the way, Ms. Hancock is taking notes at ringside. Why? Nobody knows, nor cares. Excuse me, WWE Hall of Famer Ms. Hancock. I need to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> just handing them out now like candy. Yeah, I was. it's like, why is Stacey Keebler in the Hall of Fame? Because she's hot, bro. <laughs> and you know who's not? Cindy Lauper. Yeah. <sighs> it, uh, I remember you did about as almost as much worse than Paul Kogan did in the 80s. So point that out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who I was watching Russell, WrestleMania night one with, I was, I was like, why is Stacy Keebler going into the hall of fame? He's like, Oh, I like Stacy. I'm like, I like looking at her. I'm like, why is she going in the hall of fame? Although I guess we could say that about quite a few people that they've have in the Hall of Fame, like I don't know Drew Carey, but you know whatever. Uh, or your favorite Abdullah the Butcher. Oh hell yeah! Hey, at least he drew some money back in the day. He sucked, but he drew some money. Ugh, either way, Bam Bam attacks Miller after the match and then leaves because we had to have an afterbirth to this. <laughs> yeah. People can't just. Lose and then f*** off in this show. <laughs> nope. Bro. They have to... Bro, attack him, bro. Nothing's stopping you. Which I guess logically is true. <laughs> yeah. but, but why? Every match. But uh, now we see Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson looking all the way all live. All the way live. Pulling into the building. Tori was there too. Oh, yeah. And then uh, DDP walking through the halls, shouting and looking for David Arquette. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Why? 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 This is every show. You remember? Didn't we review that one Nitro? Uh, I can't remember which one. It, oh, it was the reboot. Yeah, where Hogan literally spent the whole night wandering around looking for Bischoff, shouting yeah. expletives. Yeah. Or he was just like, "Son of a bitch! Damn it! Damn it! Son of a bitch! Bischoff!" And I'm like, "What the? Are you broken? Like, how hard did they hit you, man?" I'm not going to try to defend Russo's logic here, but I mean, I guess they understand it. It's like, why would you just be sitting around if you're pissed at somebody? Wouldn't you be looking for him? I mean, yeah. I guess I can kind of understand it, but... But every week, people were just yeah. like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for their match. F him. I'm looking for him. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, don't carried over in TNA. Story. Yeah, right. But uh, when we get back from commercial break, Eric Bischoff is teasing David Arquette, telling him to leave. But Jeff Jarrett keeps shoving Arquette back, you know, because we need to get more of this. <laughs> R- riveting TV, bro. But now, speaking By of riveting way, TV. I'm going to assume you didn't rate in these matches either. No. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't ask you for your rating because you had told me before you didn't you don't rate weekly shows. I mean, plus, there's nothing here to rate. Especially this one. Like, yeah. Like, uh, none of these are, like, real matches. You have two on this whole show that you could uh, kind of qualify as real matches. The rest of them are just, like, Yeah, one of them's already in. over. Wow. Uh, but speaking of riveting TV, we get Sean Stasiak, Perfect Sean, taking on Chris Canyon in uh, 2 minutes, 41 seconds. Kurt Hennig comes out to do commentary during this one because he's feuding with Stasiak. In the end, Hennig the music. Hit, <laughs> right. Uh, in the end, Hennig hits Stasiak from behind, leading to Canyon hitting a flatliner to win. 
after the match, we get another afterburst because Kurt Hennig stands over Stasiak and yells at him before slapping him around. And now Mike Awesome comes out for some reason to beat up Canyon. Uh, it's just oh, that's gonna that's gonna lead to something awesome. Huh? No pun intended. Yeah, right. Uh, I feel like circus music should just be playing at this time. <laughs> but Hennig hits the Hennig plex on Stasiak, and Awesome comes in to beat Hennig up. Now DDP runs out and hits the diamond cutter on Sean Stasiak. That poor bastard. Uh, as the others take a powder. DDP grabs the mic now and finally accepts the main event challenge. Oh, well, thank God. I thought it was already uh, so, set in stone, actually, at this point. That's what I thought, too, until the segment. And then I'm like, oh, I guess we never got a resolution to that. Like, that's not good that I don't know this. <laughs> Stay tuned. But after it, Yeah, right. But after another commercial break, Billy Kidman comes to the ring with Tori Wilson. We see Mark Marrow with a full mullet in the front row. Looking full Johnny B. Bad at this time, man. But He's a bad Kidman, man. Kidman talks down to Hulk Hogan, saying that he put him in the hospital bed. Now he's issuing an open challenge. American Made hits, and Kidman gets scared, and he should be, because it's not Hulk, it's the Hogan, Horace Hogan. <laughs> Oh, He's got the pop you know, of his life, dude. Yeah, right. That's like, that's like, uh, you know, you you call out Rey Mysterio for a for an even handed one on one match, and you end up getting Andre the Giant. It's like, oh no, I'm gonna be crushed. <laughs> wow, what the hell? <laughs> Horace Hogan, man. And I thought to myself, how did Hulk not get him a job after WCW? Like, because they would Hulk's that good, man. Yeah, right. Hey, Uncle Hulk, uh, you think you could get me a job doing something in WWE? Hmm. I don't think it works for me, brother. <laughs> Here's the thing. Missing Man's not an idiot. These people yeah. are stupid. They'll sign anything. <laughs> Listen, brother. Uh, we were we were working for some money marks before, all right? I can't I, I can't squeeze in here, all right? I can't even get Jimmy Hart into this one. <laughs> this guy's got a brain. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't slip you in the back door and nobody realizes it this time, all right? He's like, wait a minute, is this guy on pay is this guy on payroll? Like, what's your last name? Hogan? Ah, okay. Oh my god. Anyway. Uh, but this is Billy Kidman versus Horace Hogan in about five and a half minutes. It was a match, kinda. But Eric Bischoff wanders out about halfway through this one to yell at Horace because we can't concentrate on a damn match in WCW. Horace then throws a chair in the ring and sets up a table outside. Because we can't just wrestle in WCW. Corey low blows Horace right in front of the ref. No bell is called for. Eric Bischoff then kicks the referee out. Hits Horace with a steel chair. And Billy Kidman hits a jumping bulldog through the table. For Bischoff counts to three. And Tori kisses Horace. It was the kiss of death, I guess. And then they f*** off with no resolution. Like... <laughs> What is this, man? Okay. Now you're just stealing my notes. I said I put on my notes. What was the point of this? Oh, well, because... I know, I know, I know. That could be applied to anything on the show, but this one was like glaring. Uh, Why? Well, well, stay tuned, man. Up next... Oh, I know. We've got Tank Abbott coming out to the ring to cut the most awkward effing promo of all time. Okay, I, I might be exaggerating a tad, but... 
it's bad. All right. The crowd is chanting for Goldberg because, you know, Tank keeps calling him out. That's a gimmick, you see. And Tank says, if you're going to say his name, say it right. And then he stands there looking bored like he's halfway through math class. And then I swear to God, he just says Goldberg. Like, what? (laughs) Did he just say, don't call him Goldberg, call him Goldberg? Well, it's, you know, two words, essentially. Yeah. uh, You want to say two words, not one word. I thought he was going to, like, I'm like, there had to have been something in there that he just messed up. That's exactly what I'm thinking. He forgot something. Yeah, he's like, what was the crap? What was the insult I had for him? Iceberg, Greenberg, Oldberg, no, no, Goldberg. Oh, wait, damn it, that's his name. <laughs> Look, no one ever accused this idiot of being, like, uh, above, or, like, having a above room temperature IQ, okay? Holy crap. <laughs> it's like when your IQ matches your shoe size. <laughs> yeah. Like... I think what we're basically what I'm trying to say is he wasn't a smart man. All right. The tank says that Goldberg isn't there tonight. No, we got the hell coward. out of fighting right when, you know, uh, UFC got financially good. Yeah. He's clearly yeah smart. And, and, and stop putting, uh, and, uh, you know, stop putting freak shows out there. That's why tank got says out, okay. that. Yeah. Right. Tank says that Goldberg isn't there tonight because he's a coward. Uh, I think he's not there tonight because it's thunder. And he's an actual star. And anyway, uh, so he'll keep delivering beatings to randos in the building. My question is, where's Pete Becker? He'll put an end to this. <laughs> People don't know who I'm talking about. Google it. Uh, speaking of which, I was today. He's the guy that made today, the Mandalorian. Yeah, right. Uh, Tank eventually challenges Mark Marrow. Bad call, man. Uh, and they square up. Former boxer Ray Rinaldi who uh, I don't know anything about boxing, so I have no idea who this guy is. Uh, but he's with Mero, and he gets in the ring. Tank goes for him, but Mero stops him. They start brawling with each other before security hits the ring to split them up. Tony hits the line of, Mero doesn't even work here! At this point, does anybody buy that? You literally yeah. just use that for the radicals on the other channel. Dude, nobody works anywhere, okay? <laughs> Nobody's under contract. F it all. Like, who works anywhere? By the way, to my knowledge, not like I'm a Tank Abbott enthusiast here, but I don't think this goes anywhere. No, it doesn't. Like, Mero shows think, up for this one night, they tease I think, this. I and, think Mero may have another match, at least. Um, Mero has a WCW match? I believe so. I think huh. I remember him seeing him on an episode. I had no idea about that, but all right. Uh, but we now switch to the back, where we see Sting covered in blood, and we're made to believe that he's been like this for four damn days, just yep. walking around. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, they are in New York, so I guess you can I'm get watch- away looking like I'm that. I'm watching this, I'm like, how is AEW not repeated this? <laughs> Dude, even, they're, even they're not this freaking dumb, man. There's no oh, way. Well, hold on. Well... Uh, but Tony Schiavone doesn't call this blood either. He says that Sting is, quote, covered in red. Right. At this point, uh, I'm thinking he just can't say blood. Well, yeah, because he said, I, like, can you just not call blood blood? But you, 
because he says new blood, obviously, but when it comes to actual blood, he can't say blood. Covered oh, in these red. The, this is the uh, AOL Time Wonder Freaky Ashbowls. I don't know. Yeah. Because well, the other announcers say it too. Like when he's out during his match, they're like, oh, he's covered in that red. Like, I mean, red. Oh, we don't say blood. Like, red isn't a noun, it's an adjective. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a color, it's not a thing. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, no, he was not covered in red. That was back when he was in the wolf pack. But either way. DDP finally finds David Arquette in the bowels of the building and saves him. Okay. Yay, I guess. At this point, I'm waiting for Mankind to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in Boy Meets World. And then I'm like, oh, I? <laughs> oh, crap, the stars are on the other channel. My mistake. <laughs> yeah. That, that would have been hilarious. He would have he just done like he did uh, on Boy Meets <laughs> World. Just burst through a random door. Where am I? I'm back in this hellhole. Did I say bang, bang? But anyway, up next is the Wall Brother taking on Sting in a tables match. Right. Uh, and it goes about a minute and a half. Yep. So it's Thunder and Sting is here. This is one of the so biggest got... stars in the history of this company, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's Thunder and Sting is here. We've got to do a tables match. And just it, actually, that's that's science. But in short order, Sting. I feel like you're. The, I feel like I feel like I see some sarcasm in your voice there. Oh, not at all. Clearly, you know, because when I think of Sting, I think of tables matches. Uh, Sting power bombs the wall off the apron through a table for the win. Yay! Was there any effing doubt? I mean, for God's sake, he was not jobbing to the wall. Well, I mean, if you watch at the time, they were going big with him, man. I feel like they had major plans for him and this didn't come to fruition. My favorite thing will always be when he was still wearing the, the shirt and tie and they were in somewhere in like Venice Beach or something like that. And it's like oh, an PCB. Yeah. Well, Pretty sure it's Panama. Where Hogan was, um, Hogan was in the ring cutting a promo and then, like, down the street on a, on a hotel building, the wall crawls up and on the roof and, like, holds his hand up. And somehow Hogan can see that shit. And he's like, yeah. hey, look, it's the wall, brother. Like, what? That right there, oh, I mean, as stupid as it was, that should tell you what they're planning for him. Yeah, of I mean, I'm not... Again, and you'll hear a running, running thing here. It never went anywhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, that I'm seemed to be you, the I'm story of a lot. Anybody that watched Nitro back there, you go back and watch. They clearly were going somewhere with him, and they just said, never mind. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they did the same with Kidman. Even Well, I can't, I can't necessarily say that. Kidman got a lot of TV time, and obviously he was feuding with, like, the big dog in the company. He got his crap kicked in and and beaten every single time. So, I don't know how much good it did him, but, you know, whatever. Well, he ended the company as one half of the Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions. Oh, so that should tell you, yeah. That should tell you what you need to know right there. And those titles looked like, uh, you ever see those, like, Facebook will give you advertisements for getting your own custom yeah. titles for your fantasy leagues. And yep. They look like them, man. 
my cousin has a Mario Kart belt that looks better than those titles. Put a but crayon anyway. in my ass and squat over paper and make a better one. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's custom title looked better than those. That is the second Mr. Anderson reference in the show. Yep. Hey, <laughs> gotta, gotta get... Well, you have to say his name twice, so you gotta reference him twice. But True. Vampiro now jumps Sting from behind, and the wall joins in with the beating. Another afterbirth! Sting gets the better of them both and sends them both out of the ring because they're both geeks that nobody gives a shit about, so bye. Because in 2000, when I think of new blood, new guys, I think of Vampiro. <laughs> yeah. I guess technically he wasn't there that long, so he was new-ish. That makes more sense than Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner. but And yeah, technically Booker T. <laughs> yeah. Well... We now get to see Vince Russo walking with Shane Douglas and Buff Bagwell backstage. And then we see his, Sting... Ex- with both of his lips tucked in, by the way. You ever notice he does that a lot? I never paid attention to that, but now I'm yeah, going to be always looking like, for it. It's always like his lips are always tucked in, both of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll, have to go, I'll have to look for that now. But then we see Sting exit the building looking like he's in a trance. Well, I hope he gets Over a bath. <laughs> Oh, man. But Russo now comes to the ring with Douglas and Bagwell in tow. Vince is stealing Sting's gimmick by carrying a black baseball bat. How the hell did he get away with this? I realize he's writing the show, but it's like he never once thought maybe I'm stealing Sting's gimmick because, like, he's literally done this since 97. No, just. uh, (sighs) Oh. he He didn't put two seconds of thought into that because. Me, right? Oh, oh God. Yeah, right. Uh, you figure Sting would have, because I've heard of wrestlers doing that before. Like, Sting would have confronted him. It's like, hey, um, you're still in my gimmick. Knock it off. Like, they do that with moves all the time, but I guess Sting just didn't really give a damn at that point. He's like, whatever, pay me. <laughs> like, most but, of the company's already checked out mentally. Yeah, right. Well, Russo starts off by saying that upstate New York isn't real New York and might as well be Iowa. I mean, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Other than that last part, I kind of agree. Uh, Upstate New York is very different from New York City. (laughs) At least that's what I've been told. Uh, Well, you had said Buffalo is pretty much Canada. Yeah, but I just I still want to know what the hell what the Iowa reference is. Yeah, I don't get the. I'm like of all the states, Iowa. Like, in the center of the country. Like, okay. But Bagwell then verbally attacks Lex Luger. Douglas goes after Ric Flair. Yada, yada. Of course. Down any of that. Right. Flair's music hits now, and he comes out onto the stage with Luger and Elizabeth. Uh, Vince Russo said that he anticipated this, so he gets security to guard the ring. Flair starts off by going on after Billy Kidman for what he said about Hulk Hogan. Rick then loses his mind, per usual. Uh, talking about all the same stuff Saying he had talks about. At one point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was before saying that Russo is a mark, uh, no lies detected, and he says that Shane isn't the franchise because Sting is the real franchise. Again, no lies detected. And he says that his bar tab is more expensive than the three in the ring will ever make. Uh, he's probably not wrong. Uh, Flair says that the only way that he'll accept a match slamboree against Shane Douglas is if Vince Russo inter uh, is if Vince Russo interferes, then Flair gets him alone for five minutes. 
Russo drops yet another smarky BS comment and says, quote, I guess this is the part of the show where I'm supposed to be the chicken heel, right? Right. Uh, to which I, I can't figure out why this company went under. Uh, oh, it's man. like Deadpool, bro. Yeah, right. Everybody, you know, everybody loves the Internet talk, man. Lord. Uh, Russo says that he loved Flair for five minutes because he's not Wahoo. He's not Dusty. He's Vince Russo. Yeah, that's a hell of a statement. Way to put yourself down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like it's like if I were to come out and be like, hey, look, I'm not uh, I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not Stephen Hawking. All right. I'm Troy. <laughs> Like, so are you saying you're stupid? <laughs> That's the only way I could take it. But Luger goes after Bagwell, and then Russo hits back, saying that Luger doesn't own Liz's contract. WCW does. So that means he owns Elizabeth. Because, you know, that's yeah, how contracts yeah. work. Yeah. You know, when you... Point out he owns a, a woman. So, you know. Yeah, right. Well... I guess you can own people now. So now we're condoning slavery. You yeah. don't watch a, you don't watch AEW. <laughs> Stokely uh, Hathaway no. owns a uh, private party. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah no. he does. Yeah, they're really talking about buying them and then being his property. Yeah, so this stuff's the black like, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, hmm. this really happened. Is somebody going to buy MJF's And then there was a lie. Contract. I swear to you, I'm not joking. Go look it up. He said, put on that damn chain. Mother of God. Not making this up. That's like somebody buying MJF's contract and telling him to build him a wall or something. <laughs> Holy crap. You said that. <laughs> it's like, it's the same level of effed up. Like, well, why would Lord, you? man. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm surprised like it didn't go anywhere unless I'm forgetting. But the whole I own Liz didn't go anywhere like sexually. I'm surprised he didn't do uh, it. Bro, boobs. But Luger and Flair beat down security and rush the ring, but Russo takes off and picks up Liz, carrying her to the back with security. After com- the commercial break, we see that security forced Liz into a car with Russo and then sped off. So we're up to another count of kidnapping. <laughs> so if you add that uh, to I slavery. Think, uh, I think um, endangerment, too. It sped off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Heaven knows how many traffic laws he broke. We'll, we'll tack one on there. Well, he so that's New like, Yorker, though. So. Yeah. All of them drive like crazy a-holes. Uh, but been there five times. Yes, they do. There's two counts of kidnapping. Uh, one count of slavery and one count of assault, and then we'll throw in like speeding. So there's at least, you know, uh, four felonies and a misdemeanor in there. Force you somewhere to do something against your will. Yeah, right. Oh, man. This effing show, man. But either way, none of this is made up. Oh, no. Uh, I, dude, I don't have an effing effed up enough mind to come up with this stuff. Like, this takes some real arrested development to come up with this. <laughs> but DDP is wanting David Arquette to get checked out by WCW doctors, and he refuses, storming off. DDP then tries to reason with him. Tammy now comes to the ring in a robe. That's sunny for anybody out there. And she's being followed by Chris Candido. 
She says she knows everyone wants to know what she has under her robe, and she's going to show it. She's basically wearing tight-fitting sportswear that commentary drools over. So she just looks like she's like about to put in her Jane Fonda workout tape and get at it. <laughs> I don't know. But don't buy that. This is Tammy with Chris Candido in her corner taking on Paisley, the future Mrs. Booker T, uh, Charmel. Uh, she has the artist formerly known as Prince Ayakea in her corner. That's two shows this week that Prince Ayakea is on. That's Conrad Trey Wrestler, I believe. Oh, yeah, mine too, man. This goes about three and a half minutes. Candido distracts the referee so that Tammy can cheat. Tammy ends up diving on everyone outside and taking them all down. And this gives Paisley enough time to beat up and embarrass Chris Candido in the ring. In the end, Paisley hits a deep... With his company. You ain't wrong. Uh, in the end, Paisley hits a DDT counter on Tammy to win. After the match, <laughs> uh, Candido jumps Cause, the you know, artist. Because if any match needed an afterbirth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we got to get one in every damn match. Everyone. But Candido jumps the artist and Tammy, Tammy jumps Paisley from behind. They beat down the baby faces and pose. Gotta have that afterbirth in there. Like, freaking why, man? Because they must pose. Yeah. But backstage... Do you, you remember when a... Charmel was in that worst match of all time in TNA? Oh, that Survivor chick? Jenna Maraska or whatever? I don't remember her name, but... Like, man, that's just gonna stick with her forever, including this, too. Well, this is bad as well. Not that I expect it to be good. Yeah. Uh, well, she was in that... Yeah, she was in that match you were talking about. I don't know why I remember that girl's name. Uh, Jenna Maraska, I believe it Does is. she look like that? Ah, well, that is true. But then, uh, I don't know who the other... I want to say it was Ariel or... What the hell? Shelly Martinez. Uh, I think she was taking on... Oh, hell. Uh, Von Erich? Lacey Von Erich, maybe? I don't... I, I can't remember the other person. But that was just as bad. And then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Martinez was wearing like pretty much a bikini, which I wasn't complaining about, but apparently she kept hurting herself because she kept yelling about her vagina. She's like, ah, my vagina. It's like, what the hell is going on in this match? Oh, I have no memory of this match. I think it was on one of those one night onlys. I had heard about it, so I had to, it was, it was either that or a random impact, but I had to go back and watch it because I heard it was just like effing embarrassing. And by God, it was. Yeah, that's why you watched it back. Well, and for the obvious reasons. Uh, four, especially. But anyway, backstage, Mean Gene Oakland is standing by with Booker because he can't use the letter T anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is real, folks. That is a sentence I am saying to you right now. So he lost to Big T, the former Ahmed Johnson, uh, and they feuded over who could use the letter T. And who could use the Harlem Heat theme? So here he's got some random like rap beat that he comes out to, and he's just Booker. Yeah, I believe they dubbed that over because they were using like the Leave It to Beaver theme song. Uh, I watched the original feed, the one I found. I didn't watch it on Peacock, so he had some like just generic rap beat he was coming out to. I do remember there was a whole thing where he didn't use that music. That was stupid. Yeah. Freaking 
Just sucked, man. But Mean Gene mentions that at Slamboree, it will be Booker versus Scott Steiner for the U.S. title. Cameraman is walking back and forth, forward and back, and shaking the stupid camera all over. Another Russo special. Major guns why randomly. Does a, why does a, a creative guy get say over like camera visuals and stuff? He apparently he's like a micromanager with all that stuff because he has to play out his vision. And in his vision, apparently he's dropping acid and eating. Did you have glaucoma? <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm like, dude, cameraman couldn't effing stand still. Why? Who the hell's in charge of production? It shouldn't have been Vince. But anyway, uh, Major Guns randomly walks in. He's a horrible actress, but obviously that's not why she's there. And she says she wants to ask Booker a few questions. She asks Booker what he has to say about facing Mike Awesome tonight, and Booker is complimentary of Awesome before leaving. Yeah. Uh, useless segment is useless. We had show Scott- is useless. Ain't kidding. We now head to Scott Steiner's locker room where he's backed Medasia into a corner and they're getting weird. Uh, Some other hot chick on the couch taps Steiner's leg and tells him that Booker's heading to the ring, so they all storm out. You know who the hell that was? I do not. Yeah, I I had no freaking clue. But backstage, TDP tries telling David Arquette that he can't go out there and wrestle because he's so hurt. Arquette tells DDP that he can't stop him. And he storms off again. Because, you know, you had to get like three of these exact same segments on the show. Because apparently that's a thread to Vince Russo. Anyway. One of the uh, stories, you have a thread. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Uh, apparently nobody gave him the, menu, the memo that doing the same thing over and over isn't a storyline thread. But this, this is Booker versus Mike Awesome. In 5 minutes, 11 seconds, this is the only other thing on the show that could be misconstrued as a match. Scott Steiner comes out with his freaks, and they sit at commentary. In the end, the ref is distracted by Mike Awesome, while Booker climbs to the top rope, and Steiner hits him in the back with the U.S. title. Mike Awesome connects with the Awesome Bomb, the win, another screwed finish. And, might I add, another afterbirth. Yeah, <laughs> because and this is the best of them all, man. It's setting up something just chef's kiss. Hell yes. Scott Steiner and Mike Awesome keep beating Booker down and Scott locks in the Steiner recliner. Randomly, Lash LaRue, Chavo Guerrero Jr., Van <laughs> Hammer and Hugh Morris run out to help Booker. Oh, that's man. Cast of characters. That's a, that's lower than the job squad, dude. <laughs> That's a who's who of who? Like, that, that's a who's who of, are you still on payroll? Uh, after they chase the heels off, Booker looks It's Seamus Light, Eddie Guerrero's nephew. God. Um, uh, the, the, how, tall, how a job? The, the tall Kenny Omega with uh, zero talent. <laughs> and uh, Hugh Morris, who's fine. But, yeah, after all this, Booker looks confused, as are we. Tony Schiavone keeps referring to these guys as those misfits. You know, because that's that's supernatural to just come rolling off the tongue, man. Good God. They had the radicals, they had the misfits. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this this group is comparable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Eddie hey, Guerrero, they both have, Chris they both have a Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Guerrero here. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn. Get that out of here. I want Lash LaRue, Chavo Jr., Van Effing Hammer, and Hugh Morris. Like, by God, that is, that's the team, man. The fact that he started with Lash LaRue just made me laugh. <laughs> Double L, man. Didn't he shave his stupid sideburns into L's? Yes. What a freak. God. I... I just and he wasn't Irish either. I just thought he was. He was Cajun. Well, yeah, with a name like Lash Larue, of course. Yeah, I just I thought he was an Irish guy when I looking back. I'm like, oh yeah, he was the raging Cajun. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it means he's French. Ugh, even worse. Wow. <laughs> Good lord, okay. I didn't we, say it. Hey, we don't have any French listeners. It's okay, and we won't now. <laughs> anyway. We now go to a pre-recorded interview with Scott Hudson and Brett Hart in Brett's home in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Dramatic pause. Exactly. Uh, Brett's talking trash about Hulk Hogan because, of course, saying that Hogan has repeatedly screwed him over, even back in the WWF, and he keeps taking his spotlight. Brett How did Wayne's him and, 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 and uh, Shane Douglas and I get together put out a double hit on Hogan and Flair? <laughs> yeah, right? It's the... <laughs> Instead of the uh, the We Hate Rachel Green Club, it's the We Hate Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair Club. Oh, we hate man. the guys who made wrestling what it is club. Yeah, exactly. Although Bret Hart actually drew a few dimes in his day. Well, I love Shane Douglas, all right, but... Hold on now. Like he, I feel he might have been a draw for ECW, to be fair. Okay, well, sarcastic. Yeah. yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, but when yeah. you draw flies to crap, is that's still drawing, right? Right? Well, well... That is correct. <laughs> so, had to get another one in. But Brett claims that he's never You're faced never Hogan one on. <laughs> Brett, uh, that's what she said. Uh, Good but... lord, how did I miss that? One? <laughs> it's my wheelhouse all the way. Oh man! <laughs> but Brett claims that he's never faced Hogan one on one because Hogan's always known that Brett was better and would have beaten him. He says that Andre passed the torch to Hulk, but Hulk refused to pass the torch off to Brett. Look, he tried to pass the torch to somebody in. That guy dropped that torch and ran off, okay? So, so he was probably a little uh, gun-shy at that point. But either way, he then claims that he uh, that uh, he came to WCW specifically for Hulk Hogan, which has never been expressed before. Just pointing that out. Uh, it's, it's hilarious looking back that Brett is saying that he trusts Eric Bischoff and believes that Eric is a great friend. <laughs> oh, man. Give it a few years, buddy. But we see shots of Bret Hart's age gigantic, like right? Uh, but we see shots of Bret Hart's gigantic house with tons of land covered in a dusting of snow, and it's effing beautiful. Uh, it's sad that Bret's talking about wanting to come back, but he never will. He even talks about the injuries caused in his match with Bill Goldberg. Uh, Kicking his head so hard. Good God! <laughs> is that at Starcade? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Did we do that one? I don't remember. Uh, let's see. We did a lot of Starcades. 90, 92, 93, 96, 98, 2000. No, we skipped 99. By God, we did the last one. Oh, yeah. Hey, 2000. Now that was a Starcade. God. Anyway, 
we now get one final segment of DDP t- telling David Arquette that he will not come with him to wrestle in the main event. As soon as he walks away, Arquette follows him like a lost puppy. And that takes us to our second to last break here. When we come back, it's uh, main event time for whatever that's worth. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah? Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. It's main event time of this show, man. So. (laughs) Good crap, pal. I'd rather watch the the main event of Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, right. Uh, but this is Diamond Dallas Page and David Arquetti uh, taking on Jeff Jarrett and Eric Bischoff. DDP is the world champion, by the way. Uh, so this is a tag team match where the winner or the person who gets the fall, whatever, will become the WCW World's Heavyweight Champion. Another Russo special. Keep I mean, in mind. One, one. With a yeah. one one. Well, keep in mind here that DDP literally won this title on Monday night after beating Jeff Jarrett, who had won it the previous week. Yeah. God. What? Bro, it's what a prop, you... bro. It doesn't mean anything, bro. Clearly. Before the match starts, Eric Bischoff... You see, he never finished that with, to me. Yeah, right. Uh, Eric Bischoff's team hits, and Kimberly Page comes out in a referee-striped halter top. Apparently meaning that she's the ref. She can me down anytime. Yeah, right. They all submit. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, Arquette, I tap. <laughs> Arquette and, and uh, Bischoff brawl up the ramp and around the stage area. Kimberly pretty much refuses to count the pins for Paige. After a while, Bischoff comes back to the ring alone, and they double team on DDP. But as soon as Paige makes a comeback, David Arquette comes back uh, from the back to join him. DDP signals for the diamond That's cutter. That's when he before. comes out looking like the, the drunk that just got beat up at a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did uh, you know he Bischoff. came out look like that? He looked like he just been beat up like, you know, at a bar for like, hitting, like, hitting I, on some guy's wife. <laughs> I was thinking he looked that way all night because he was like pretty much disheveled all freaking night. <laughs> they were like, oh, he's been in a trunk and whatever. Yeah, a little extra but, hops on it, though. Yeah. 
but DDP signals for the diamond cutter before making out with Kimberly, which distracts her. Arquette spears and pins Eric Bischoff as Jeff Jarrett grabs the WCW title, blasting DDP in the face. In the face. And, and then he pins him. A new referee runs out, seeing Arquette made the cover first and counts to three. How hard did he spear Bischoff? Good God. He looked like he the one. Like, okay, look, they're both being pinned, right? There's two, two pitfalls going on. The one yeah. time a referee doesn't count them both and have a screw finish, they do this. Right. <laughs> Right. It's like the one time in history wrestling right here. <laughs> and he knocked, dude, David Arquette, who looks like he, he weighs about a buck five with bricks in his pocket, just apparently speared the shit out of Eric Bischoff like, so listen, bad. 100 pounds, fishy white. <laughs> Soaking wet with a brick in his, with bricks in his pockets uh, and, and counting the weight of his hair. The speared Eric Bischoff into like next freaking week, apparently. Like when, I don't know Bischoff if you remember the, out of it. Remember the invasion pay per view that WWE did? Yeah, it was just about as bad as when Earl Hebner speared up uh, Nick Patrick. God, right? <laughs> but at least that one—they're about the same size. Like, oh, good lord! Like, you mean to tell me Eric was just like knocked the f out? Man, it's like freaking Roman Reigns just ran down there from the, from this year to spear the crap <laughs> out of him, and then step back through his time machine. But. Either way, the referee makes a cover. He counts to three and awards the WCW world title to David Arquette. Right. And I I swear, dude, if you listen to Tony Schiavone, he is basically laughing at this company. Yeah, well, <laughs> you like, know what I heard? David Arquette's the world champion. <laughs> David Arquette's oh the God. WCW champion. <laughs> <sighs> but that is three... New champions within a week and change. And we're about to get a fourth. And one of those champions, obviously, is a movie actor. Yep. Oh, nobody cares, bro. I think you and I counted it up one time where they had like... It was like double digits of title changes. Oh, yeah, there's a a video on YouTube, like a a quick time-lapse video. I think it's like 27. 24, 25, 26, 27, something like that. That's that's like at least two a month. Look, there's a title change in 2000 for every Ed Leslie gimmick he's ever had. I'll put you like that. (laughs) Oh, man. Either way. um, So Pyro blows on the stage for Arquette's win like he just won the damn Royal Rumble. And DDP laughs. the sister's going. Yeah. 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 He held up his arm. He had a laugh. He had that look like, oh, my God, we really did this. Yeah, he, he's, he's laughing and celebrating with David. Why was DDP so cool with all this? He just lost his belt. <sighs> just and over on the other channel, the champion is... It's either Triple H or The Rock right now, so let's take that into account. Who the hell are they to David Arquette? Oh, he's, buddy. Been in mul- he's been Dewey in the Scream franchise, okay? He was in Eight-Legged Freaks, all right? Show some damn respect. Lord. Man. What 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 movie had The Rock done at this point? Huh? Yeah. Well, none. Right. right now. Exactly. Who the hell was he? <laughs> Man. But either way, they celebrate and leave through the crowd as Eric Bischoff finally wakes up. Groggy is all hell. A 
again, like he just got knocked in the next week. Like, what? why? By the way, we're all going to find out at Slamboree that this is all a swerve, bro. And apparently this was planned. How? Yeah, and how does it end? You remember how it ends? Uh, who gets, who gets the title? It was Jarrett. Okay, so now, to go off what you just said, why didn't they just pull a swerve and have him winning this right here? None of this made sense. Jarrett <laughs> okay. had the pin. If that Arquette was going to could... be the end game, why did you have to wait till the pay-per-view? Was it because Jarrett wanted to do Arquette a favor, like, in storyline, and be like, ah, oh, yeah, win the title, and I'll just beat you for it? No, you got to go through hell of that triple stack cage, whatever, then you can become the champion. And that was all presupposing that Arquette would be able to, uh, you know, F DDP over in the end like he did. There's a lot of if, 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 instead of just taking the certain, you know, help Jarrett screw DDP out of the title. I would say the obvious and easy path. Yeah. Nope. We got to go with the most convoluted, nonsensical, like, if this, then that story. It's like, what? Ah, man. I think one of, the de- of one of the defenses to this day was, well, he, he pinned Bischoff. I don't think that's okay. No. Pat O'Connor was rolling over in his effing grave. Uh, just, just why? There's this so much wrong with it. Well, that, and then you look at Paige losing his title despite never being pinned. Paige losing yeah. his title in a tag in a tag match. They never drew a dime. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, I would be able to, like, it would still be stupid, and I wouldn't be happy with it, but I could defend it a little bit if they made money off of this. They did not. The movie flopped. They didn't draw a single eyeball. They probably drove some away. This was awful. Just from the ground up, awful. Actually, actually, to go off what you just said. No, no, no. The movie continued to flop. <laughs> wow, yeah. So it's in the process of cratering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hadn't quite hit the... What's the opposite of the peak? It hadn't quite hit the bottom of the valley yet. But, man, it was, it was uh, speeding down there, man. I knew what they were doing. Yeah. But anyway, that does it for the show, mercifully. I don't think we're going to be doing too many more thunders on this podcast, but uh, I don't want to speak too soon. Either way, we're going to take our next break. On the other end of this, it's final ratings time, and we'll tell you what's coming up. That's going to go. (laughs) We'll tell you what's coming up in the future on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. 
gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks hey we're back we're back we're sorry <laughs> yeah i'm sorry you ever see that south park thing where the oil tycoon uh, apologizes for the spills he's just like yeah in ran- he's in random settings he's like we're sorry <laughs> like petting a seal lying naked in front of a fireplace <laughs> ah, man you won't catch us doing any of that but we do apologize for subjecting you to this but hey we watched it and made it more entertaining so you don't have to now comes to the part of the show right through you under the bus i didn't choose this you did not no uh we <laughs> that uh, but i also didn't boycott it either <laughs> well you're you're just uh setting me up at, at this point man for that is correct. <laughs> the final ratings time here. Internet Movie Database gave this thing 6.7 out of 10. Uh, CageMatch.net What? Get, what? Uh, cage, yeah. Uh, CageMatch.net gives it 1.17 out of 10. Uh, seems more accurate. I, I give it a 5.5 out of 10 or an F. What say you? I give it an F either for flop or F off. F minus. Like, oh God, makes you just want to vomit. It's this. This is just flat out a horrible show, top to bottom. Joe, no redeeming qualities. Yeah, that does it for the bonus show. I apologize. Uh, Next month's bonus show uh, will be better. I I can promise you that it it will be better. So stay tuned for, for May. But first, we got to get to next week. Next week, to wrap up the month of April, bringing the TNA Lockdown 2008. So that'll cleanse your palate of crap, because that's actually... I, I haven't watched it yet, but I remember it's a good show. I just got to go back and watch it, uh, remind myself, and get, and get my notes down. But heading into May here, I'll just run through these kind of quickly, letting you know what's coming up ahead. If you stick with us, I promise it's getting better. May 3rd, we're going back to 92 again. It's That's an interesting year in wrestling. We've got WCW Wrestle War 92. May 10th, WWE Judgment Day 2004. I want to say you picked that one, didn't you? Uh, I might have. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, uh, May yeah, 7th. We've already set each other up with the front of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, May 17th is, we're going back to the land of extreme in one of the later years. It's ECW Hardcore Heaven 1999. These are usually the palatable ones. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but May 24th, that is, uh, double A event week. And we're bringing you some WCW and WWE. 
Uh, on May 24th, it's WCW Slambury 1996. That may be a good one. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but the bonus show that week on the 26th is the very first ever SmackDown that aired on April 29th, 1999. That one was, uh, that was the special, wasn't it, before it became an actual weekly show? Yep. When did it actually launch? Was it September? I want to say it was August. Okay. That was close. But yeah, so April 29th, this was, they had a one-night show. It was SmackDown. Uh, We're going to review that. And then we're wrapping up the month. First time we've ever reviewed anything from this company on the podcast. We're bringing you Ring of Honor, War of the Worlds 2014. That should be a good one. The card looks pretty good. It combines Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. A lot of titles on the line. And a lot of people on this very show are currently in WWE. And a handful of them, I think, are in AEW. So, yeah. It'll, uh, it'll be fun. Changing it up a little bit and seeing uh, seeing if the people have an appetite for it. Uh, but what I did not have an appetite for was today's show. This Look, I had, I had fun talking about it. Uh, watching it, I couldn't wait for it to end. Uh, you just say was... that because you wanted to get to the end and watch Arquette win. Oh, of course, yeah. That, that was the money shot right there. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, but that is it. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Thank you for doing this to me. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're friends, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, well, hey, sometimes, you know, you got to subject your friends to some crap, all right? That's what guys do. It, we, You and I always have that rule. If, if I had to see it, so do you. <laughs> so, but anyway we, uh, we're coming up on three years I think it's our three year anniversary coming up in a couple of months so oh, I'm a cake. hell yeah but uh, yeah that, today, that was today's show again I apologize everybody but hopefully we made it entertaining for you we'll see you next week on Wednesday when we bring you TNA Lockdown 2008